All right. Welcome to the first episode of this little six-part series I'm doing called uh, Race to Win. A uh, little interview and slash podcast of a couple different people that I'm using to kind of answer a question I've had uh, as long as I've been an athlete, and that is what does it look like to be a Christian athlete? You know, um, kind of over the past couple weeks, I've Really, really thought about that. Of you know, how do I, how do I really answer that question, especially um, because of how many different versions it seems of you know faith and Christianity uh, in sport. Um, you know, I was thinking last night, like you know, there was a certain time. I was like, you know, I thought just wearing a cross chain going into <laughs> going into my sport, like you know, that signifies being a Christian athlete, or you know, having a tattoo of Isaiah forty one ten or some other verse on your arm. You know, does that emphasize that? And yeah, and so I kind of created this whole this whole this whole idea just mainly to combine uh, what I'm doing here at UNI academically and also who I am out on uh, the track. And you know, starting off, uh, starting off with the first episode, I thought, who better uh, than FCA leader? And I want to say part-time minister or at uh, Bethany Bible Chapel, uh, Ken Troutman, who is a very well, very well-known uh, man here in the Cedar Valley. Um, Ken, how are you doing today? Oh, wonderful! 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 Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join me. No problem. And so for this first episode, it's really, um, first episode, it's really uh, semi-structured. You know, we're not following a set uh, set of rules. Me and Ken, we have a tendency to just kind of talk about whatever we want. And although we have like a set plan and things we want to cover, um, a lot of it will just be kind of freestyling. And, um, but the big, big topics, big topics for today, um, we're kind of going to, we're going to lay out the gospel because uh, I think that's, you know, if we're starting this whole idea of answering that question, I think the number one thing we have to do is, you know, what does it mean to be saved? You know, what does, um, what does being, because yes, we're athletes, but first before athletes were Christians. And, you know, we, we have to, have to understand that first. And I thought you, uh, one of the best people I know for really understanding that and really laying it out for us. Um, and then we'll go through the process of like what it, what it means to be saved, um, what it means to be saved, what it looks like to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and then kind of towards the end we'll start tying in, because I know you, you were an athlete yourself, we're going to start tying it, that into athletics and competition and um, what we can do um, as, as Christian athletes to just better ourselves, um, better ourselves in the aspect of, well, one, just truly understanding uh, what it means. But, uh, yeah, uh, Ken, if you'd like to... Uh, kind of share a little little bit about your story. I mean, I said some of your accolades and uh, but uh, yeah, like kind of want to know um, how you were saved, how, how you came to know Christ and um, kind of why you're here today. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Um, well, I'm from Winona, Minnesota and I ran cross country and I ran track and growing up I was in a family where we went to church regularly my dad would read the scriptures to us, and we talk about the things of God. And growing up, I thought that I was a Christian. Somehow I'd gotten this idea that if you're a good person and you do the right things, then you're 
more good than bad, so you get to go to heaven. And I remember um, just thinking about those things. And as I started off to college, um, I was really wanting to find the answer to this question. How does a person know they're saved, and can they know for sure that they're going to heaven when they die? So I ended up coming to the University of Northern Iowa on a track scholarship, and I got a whole $300 to come to school because tuition, I think, was only $600 a year. So that was a lot of money Pretty back nice. then. That's how, that's how old I am. <laughs> So I had this question, and I remember just coming down here, how the Lord led me to this uh, campus group, a lot like um, FCA. It was called um, Campus Bible Fellowship. And the very first night, as the guy preached, he said, you can know for sure you're going to heaven. And that was like, okay, God is for real. He's answering my question. That's the first time I really, truly understood the gospel, that Jesus Christ had come to earth, uh, 100% man, 100% God. He lived this perfect life, fulfilled the law, and then he died in my place um, for my sins. And if I would repent of my sin and put my faith in Jesus Christ, I would be a Christian. I would receive the Holy Spirit. I would be sealed and uh, eternity guaranteed. And I'm telling you, when I heard that message, I went back to my dorm room, got on my knees, repented of my sin, and put my faith in Jesus. So it only took a week for God to a week or two for God to answer that prayer before by the time I got to school. Yeah, um, well, you you said um, kind of going in uh, to college with that question <laughs> of um, how do I know with certainty you know I can be saved? And what what that kind of reminds me of is I kind of have a very similar story, although I wasn't the one asking the question. Uh, <laughs> one of my original mentors, his name is Tim Spark, with uh, Athletes in Action down at Iowa. Um, he basically sat me and, um, it was at separate times, but he sat me and, uh, my roommate, um, room- roommate at the time. He just straight up asked the first question he asked, like, you know, he said, hi, how are you? My name's Tim. If you die, if you die tomorrow, are you going to heaven? And both of us, it was like, you know, we were kind of shocked by the question. And at the time, you know, it made us uncomfortable. It made us, you know, cause we thought back to like, okay, our minds wasn't, our minds weren't looking towards the cross, it was looked towards, okay, like, going up, up to now, like, have I been a good person? Like, you know, yep. have I, um, have I done all the right things that uh, a Christian should do? And that's where both of our minds went. And yeah, so fortunate, fortunate enough for both of us, you know, we were able to have Tim that first year. And that's um, really, really what he, like, drove home, drove home with us. And I think, um, so, yeah, that's, it's a it's a question I think a lot of people have. It's a question mm-hmm. that I still wrestle with to this day because you know I I can feel like I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but it's like you know I look at I still judge my actions really hard and look look hard like you know is this what I ought to be doing? And it's just another one of the reasons why you know I think the bigger question like uh, the bigger question layout of the gospel I kind of need to be. Um, understood first before we really get into the other aspects of, you know, especially as we go into being a Christian athlete. But and I think, I think too, that um, when you're an athlete, you know that your actions, how you train produces success on the field. So sometimes that really leads into this idea that 
what do I have to do to be a Christian? So sometimes we just, it's by faith, it's what Christ did and not what we do. So I think sometimes we struggle with figuring out that it is by faith because we're so conditioned as athletes to work hard and the harder we work, the more we get. Yeah. So that can be a barrier sometimes to really understanding the gospel. For sure. And, you know, especially I want to say before my time here at UNI, you know, I, now I'll share my whole testimony at a later at a later date because, you know, my, what I want to do right now is it's about you and the guests that you can bring in. And I'm just kind of here to give you some feedback and banter. But, um, you know, there, yeah, there was like, especially coming into going to you and I, like, I fell victim to the prosperity gospel. I thought, you know, if I pray, if I prayed hard <laughs> enough, if I prayed hard enough, you know, God would want me to be like this great athlete and this great, um, all the desires and dreams I had that were of this world. You know, I thought if I just prayed hard enough, I it would it would it would happen. And you know, I had, you know, a lot of YouTube pastors or whatever um, would really kind of influence that. And um, yeah, it's it, it's it's a great it, like it's a great thing that you know I had guys like um, you and uh, Tim Spark to really uh, kind of shape shape where I was going because you know if I was left on my own device, left in my own devices with that in that aspect, then you know, I would have missed the, missed the point completely. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, so we can kind of start, uh, start in with, you know, just a full lay, like, a you kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, the layout of the gospel. Um, but you know, instead, I kind of want to ask like the first question, you know, what does he, what does it mean to be saved? You know, we talk about, you know, okay, you're guaranteed into heaven, but I mean, I think that's, it's, there's more to that than just getting into heaven because, you know, we want, we want the Holy Spirit. We want, uh, you know, to be on fire for Jesus, right? And so, yeah, that's like, I was going to say that's my first question. I'm like, yeah. In your, in your, in your perspective, Ken, what does it mean to be saved? Um, I think one of the important things about salvation is that you get right with your creator. So God has created us, you know, and he created Adam and Eve to be in fellowship with him. Sin came and separated us from God's separated them from God. And so the gospel reconnects us into a relationship with the one who created us. So sin is the problem, and sin can only be solved through the blood of Jesus so that we can get back into right relationship with God and live for the reason he created us for, live for his glory, and have that assurance of sins forgiven, and then a relationship with him and the hope of eternity with him for sure for so sure. i want to just share maybe maybe this verse that shares the gospel so well i just like this in first corinthians 15 um now brothers and sisters i want to remind you of the gospel i preached to you which you received and on which you have taken your stand by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word i preached to you otherwise you have believed in vain so it's really through the gospel that we're saved, we're brought into a right, brought back to, into a right relationship with God. And here is the gospel then. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he was raised the third day according to the scriptures. And that is the way back into just this right relationship with the one who created us. Sure. Yeah, and that I think all, that also perfectly... Um, perfectly lays out kind of the, my follow-up question because the only reason we right now are even able to be saved is who is Jesus Christ and who uh, what um, 
you know, uh, what what did he do that was so significant, right? Um, I mean, I I mean, when I was growing up, I, I I grew up in a in a church that really emphasized the the Father, but I didn't really talk about Jesus Christ that much until I got to Veritas and Cedar Rapids, which um, you know, Baptist church that really I think opened up my eyes a bit. Um, but yeah, like who who was like who was Christ? Like, you know, we like he we know that he died on the cross. We know that um, he had a fo- he had a following. He had all these disciples, and he was very influential in the Bible. But you know, so was Paul. Like what what makes him di- what makes him different? Yeah, well, the thing about Jesus is he is God, and so he is God incarnate, one hundred percent man, one hundred percent human that came to earth, and he lived this perfect life no sin, so he could be that perfect sacrifice um, that would be acceptable to his father. And so he fulfilled the law. He was, our, and he became, he has become our mediator now between us and the father. And so only through Jesus Christ can we be right with God. Um, John fourteen six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Gotcha. Yeah. Um it's uh yeah, it, it's so I'm a big I'm a big theology guy and I like going I like going back into the uh Old Testament especially about how you know salvation salvation was secured for a faith in a coming Messiah. And, you know, there was even at even at his time, though he fulfilled though he fulfilled the um, the prophecies, he you know he still he still wasn't accepted, and he's still not accepted today, um, you know, and you know again like why, why do you why do you think he's still not accepted today? Why do you think people still um, why do you think people still like hold out hold out kind of a like you know there's no way like you know when you say a hundred percent God and hundred percent man like you know we can't comprehend that <laughs> you know we can't. Um, it's kind of one or the other, right? Or we try and make it like fifty percent of both. It's like no, it's one hundred percent of both. So why do you why do you think people struggle with that kind of idea that you know God came down to earth as man and died for us? I think the main issue is people don't want to admit that Jesus is God and then bend the knee to Him. So I think there's if people are honest and they look at the evidence. There's a lot of evidence that the Bible's true, that Jesus Christ is who he said he was, that, I mean, the resurrection's like a proven fact of history. But when it comes to his teachings and people having to change or people having to submit, I think that is the real big holdup and why people don't want to come to Christ. They just don't want to change their lives. And in John 3, after... For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, maybe the best known verse in the whole Bible. The next verse talks about people don't want to come to him. And the reason they don't want to come to him is because they don't want to change. So um, verse, let's see, 19, this is the verdict. Light has come into the world, Jesus, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. And I think that's a lot of people. They enjoy their sin and they don't want that change. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's still convicting. Like, it's still convicting to me because they're, you know, I'm I'm very poor at, you know, in the, in the world of comparison and especially with it when it comes to me and, 
other Christians because, you know, I look at the life I lead and I question it sometimes like, you know, like, is this the perfect, is this, you know, I don't want to say the perfect, you know, as um, the perfect Christian life, right? You know, am I doing everything in my power to do it right? Am I being convicted at the right times, you know, and it's something I'm really um, hard, on myself, hard on myself about, but like I said, it's just like, it's one of the other reasons, like, you know, why we're sitting here today is, you know, to answer, answer these questions that I think will, especially after you get saved, you know, those same questions, you know, they just get tougher. Um, mm-hmm. You talked about at FCA um, last Monday, you know, Proverbs, Proverbs 1, or Proverbs 1, um, you know, fear of the Lord is the beginning, is the beginning of wisdom. And I was really thinking about that this morning going going into here because I realized like it wasn't it wasn't until after I was saved where I really started the questions really got hard. You know, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, it was um, very much oh yep Jesus Christ died on the cross and everything's fine and I want to go eat animal crackers right. It was just very <laughs> it was a very passive very passive understanding which. I say jokingly about when I was five, but, like, it's not that crazy to say it was, like, the same mindset when I was 15, right? Um, and so it, w- it wasn't until, like, I really, like, got a better understanding where, you know, the, the, the questions and, like, what we're asking, what we're doing, like, it just becomes harder because, you know, we're, I think, wanting to come to that full understanding of um, what a relationship with Christ looks like. Yep. And it's convicting, and it's hard, and it's, and it's, um, it's not easy, and it's not, I mean— um, it's not easy as long as, you know, we are still separated, um, from the father and, um, but yeah, um, well, you laid that, you laid that out, um, perfectly Ken, but so going on to like th- this next part is kind of the implementation of the gospel, right? You know, I, um, I'm saved, you know, so now what, <laughs> now what, what, like, what do I do next? Yep, and so I think what God wants to do, he's, he wants to conform us to the image of his son. He wants us as his children to reflect who he is. And so he's at work making those changes in us. And so I think that's why when I think of sport and faith, I think so. So they just fit so well together. I think athletes are the ones that should understand what it means to be committed to something, to give their life to something. And so as followers of Jesus, we should be willing to give our lives in surrender and service to Christ. And so, um, yeah, that's what we do. Can we become more like Jesus Christ and then be a light to the world like Jesus was? Sure. I sometimes, you know, I sometimes think as we kind of go into how that relates to the athletic world, I was thinking last night, like, um, the Bible's clear on a lot of things about how, you know, it, we ought to live, we ought to live as Christians and, um, you know, but Christ was never an athlete, <laughs> you know, <it'd> be, <laughs> I was thinking like, you know, it'd be, it'd be really awesome, you know, if he was like, I don't know, maybe a part-time, I don't know what sport they did back there, you know, so we could have seen how he would have lived as an athlete and then maybe got an idea. But for the most part for athletes, like, you know, we have a few verses, I mean, we have a few verses that I want to say you uh, harped on earlier this week was uh, spiritual truths, right? Um, where they're not, it's it's just reflective of things we know to, of things we know to be true, but it's not an implicit like you know if you're if you're a track athlete, this is what I want you to do on the mm-hmm. track, right? Um, um, so that's kind of like it kind of goes in the next one. It's like, well, how do we 
I'm an athlete. I care about my sport. I care about my sport. It's one of the most important, one of the most important things in my life right now. And how, like, what, like, how, where do I, where do I start with essentially, you know, just even at, like in the practice and like, what's, what's going to separate me from those who aren't saved and those who aren't, aren't Christian? Yeah. So I think one of the first thoughts is, or at least one of the first things that should be in your mind is that the goal of sport is spiritual growth. You know, we think as athletes, the goal of sport is to win. But I would just say the goal of sport is spiritual growth. And, you know, we want to use our spiritual life to be better athletes. But I think the God, way God wants us to think is to use our athletic life to grow our spiritual life, to become stronger believers in Jesus Christ. And so all the things that we learn from sport, can we translate those into our spiritual lives? And so that's what I love about there's so much. There really is, you know, I love the verses about athletics and um so and how we can how he makes that comparison, Paul. Paul, the, most of those verses, Paul is speaking, and how we can use our what we know about athletics, what we know about training, what we know about pain, what we know about commitment. We already know these things as athletes. Can we use those things we've learned as an athlete to uh, enhance our spiritual life? Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So let me I give know. you an example. Okay, give me an example. So one of my favorite verses, I love this verse when I was in high school. This was one of those verses I knew in high school. I don't even think I knew Jesus, but I could understand this principle because I was an athlete. And so it's in 1 Corinthians 9. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Like This is one of these great things athletes know. You run to win. How many of us, what if we took that into our spiritual life and we actually identified spiritual wins? And then we were running to win. So maybe our, our goal is say, this is my win, to eliminate this sin in my life. What if we just, and then, but we know what it takes to run to win. He goes on and says, everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. All right, we know that. Strict training. We show up for practice. We d- do everything. I mean, so what's strict training for a Christian? What if I did that in my Bible reading? in my obedience, in my confession of my sin. I mean, we know what this looks like as athletes. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do to get a crown that will last forever. I mean, we'll do crazy things for a medal or a ribbon or a name in the newspaper that's only going to last a short time. If we know we have an eternal prize, we should be more committed to spiritual goals. Therefore, I do not run like someone aimlessly. We have all sorts of spiritual goals. What are your, or we have all sorts of athletic goals. What are your spiritual goals? Do you ever sit down and say, just like an athlete, I got these goals. What are your spiritual goals? I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. You know what your goals are. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. And then that what we do, like we just beat up our body so that we can perform at a higher level. What if we did that in the spiritual realm? I mean, this is the thing, the great things you can learn as a athlete or as an athlete, 
that you can take into your spiritual life. So it's our athletic life that's going to give us insight in how we can live as Christians and how we should live as Christians. For sure. You mentioned, you know, something I was thinking about while you were talking there was, you know, the running what Paul said about, you know, a crown that won't last and versus a crown that'll last forever. Um, you know, that, that, you know, that could be the, that could be the start of like where this all, you know, we'll train hard for a prize of, I don't know what, what it depends on who you are as an athlete. You know, if your goal is to make the conference roster all the way, like you're competing at the national level, right? Um, your goal, um, your goal is, it's, it's there. You can see it because we live in the world and you can, you can see the goal, but I mean, perhaps, perhaps it's the, you know, a lack of understanding of really the prize of heaven and the prize of eternity with our father. Um, cause it's definitely something like I'm thinking of like, you know, that I might understand idealistically, you mm-hmm. know, when I'm reading my yep. Bible and I'm, um, whatever that I, that, yeah, okay. Like this is a- the actual prize, you know, all this stuff, all this stuff on earth, you know, all this stuff will perish and it'll all, um, burn away. But, um, it's, my life's like my life definitely is is influenced more by those the by those worldly worldly things and mm-hmm. accolades, especially. And I think mainly it's just because like somewhere in me that's like it's still a belief, and I feel like a lot of people think this way. It's like oh yeah, heaven is just a place where you go where you die, and it's like we're not really giving it justice to what it actually is. Because if we were giving it mm-hmm. actual justice, I think we would throw everything we're doing out the window and just focus on getting to that point, getting Amen. to that point. So, but yeah, that's, that is, yeah, that's that. I mean, that's definitely the biggest struggle for athletes, you know, is um, it's, we love our sports so much. And especially, you know, in the United States, we tie in so mm-hmm. much to sport and it's such a big part of who we are that it's hard, like in a way, it, um, it's hard in a way to kind of reject, like, you know, um, going into training, going into training with like, you know, like this is not a, this is, this is not something for me to show off my abilities. This is a way for me to grow spiritually, to have those hardships and to have those successes just as well. Um, um, for like, for me, uh, last year I would say like the biggest, the biggest jump for me was, you know, going in, um, uh, to those who don't know, I'm, I run track and field here at the University of Northern Iowa. Uh, the biggest, the biggest part for me was, um, what grew me in my faith, I want to say, um, was, you know, running the 400 hurdles and, um, consistently running a time that I like just was not proud of. I didn't want, didn't like hated it. You know, I beat myself up for it. And the thing, the funny thing was I was PRing, but (laughs) PRing by very little bits. And I was like, I, it doesn't matter because I know like, you know, I, I can do better than this. And it wasn't until my last race at conference where I dropped a significant amount of time and it was the only the only thing I could do at that time was just kind of talk to myself and I was like I just thank you God because it was it was small it was very insignificant but it was the, the what changed what changed in that race for me was just um if we really break down it was like a faith of like you know of strategy and a faith of um no believing that I could do it but it was it was I knew something like in that race like it was not if if it were me fully doing it, you know, it probably would have produced the same outcome, but you know, there was a sense of faith and, uh, faith and spirit in that, like in that race that I really think that 
like I said, like towards the end, just like made me had to thank God because, um, and I feel like every athlete has a, a similar story like that, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's not just related, related to what they do in their sport. Um, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things I want to say, just even being at Northern Iowa, you know, um, compared to being at Iowa, um, it was definitely, uh, something that, you know, I should thank God that, you know, he, he allowed happen, uh, to me, um, because, you know, there's, you know, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have met, you know, uh, guys like Dylan, like Dylan Darrison, Deontay Dean, like, um, the team, like it was just the team itself. And there, I want to say on like big picture things, you know, there was a desire to change, you know, there was no men's Bible study, um, at my, at my previous school. And, um, that's, it was, I mean, it was really just me and my roommate, you know, and, um, there, there's things that I think, for me especially, that I look over. I look over of what God, God has done in my life that, because um, it, it just goes back to, you know, my priorities are myself. My priorities are um, what my future holds and not, you know, what God has already done for me. Um, and it's, it's also in a way <laughs> what God can still do for me. And it's like, um, but yeah, yeah, that was um, um, kind of going into... So you kind of, we kind of touched on, you know, your athletic career and how it's a tool for spiritual growth and not just some, like, you know, it's not just something we do. You know, I used to, I used to deal with this, this idea that, um, well, I, 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 this was more so last year, I want to say, like, when I had an understanding of the gospel, I was like, you know, does God even care how I do, you know, in sport? And so um, when I would, it took me away from, like, praying to do well and praying because I just figured, like, you know, he wants me to be, be like his son, Jesus Christ. That That's the main goal. And I couldn't tie in like how running fast in a circle would tie in, <laughs> would tie in being, being like Christ. And it's a good thing. You're not a two miler. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I kind of wanted to touch on that. Like does, um, I'll just, I'll just I'll ask this straight out. Like, do you think like God cares about me on the track? Do you, do you think he cares about me doing well or doing, um, because it's like before I want to start, you know, <laughs> implementing, like, you know, telling myself Bible verses before, like I, I want to know, I want to know like what he's seeing, what he's seeing. And uh, of course there's, that's a massive question that I don't think, <laughs> you know, you'll be able to uh, fully answer, but it's definitely something I struggle with. Um, yeah. Well, I just think, I, well, this is his first verse in this passage from 1 Corinthians 9. I love this about God. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets a prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. I just love that. And some versions say run in such a way as to win. So yeah. That's why we named it. That's why we named yes, the series. running yeah. to win. So I think God wants us to win. He wants us in the sense of, to yeah, to win. It, it, but sometimes we have a hard time defining what a win is. And so oh, you have man. to define the win. And then he says, I want you to go all in for the win. All in. But understand the win. This is an interesting verse that Paul said in Acts chapter 20. And, and he says, if I don't run and win the race that God gave me to run, then that means my life is wasted. And I mean, wouldn't that be like, and that's how you feel as an athlete. You know this is your race, you've set your goal, and you fail to reach it. And you just feel like, man, I blew it. 
because I had this goal, I knew what I had to do, and I didn't get it done. And so I think this is, and God wants us to get it done. So here's this verse. I love this. One of my favorite verses ever. Uh, Acts 20, verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So, so this living life to win, but defining the win as this is what God is calling me to do. And so I'm going to work at it to win it just as hard as I would work on the track or on the football field or on the basketball court or on the tennis court, soccer field. I'm going, to, I'm going to work at it that hard because this is what God's called me to. So if he's called you to be an athlete, then just do your best. Set your goals. Let your athletic life really give vision to your spiritual life and strength to your spiritual life. Yeah, and um, people ask a lot, like, "Oh, okay, well, how do I, how do I know, like, what's God calling me to be?" I think it's like, I think it's right in front of you, honestly. Like, if you're, you know, he know he knows the friend group you're in, the, you know, the team you're a part of, if you are a part of a team. Um, oh, there's something I wanted to touch on earlier, but uh, um, it's I think honestly, like for me, the I think asking myself that question is like, well, okay, I, well, I don't know what God call, like is calling me to be yet. And I was like, well, in a way, like, you know, kind of hearing it back, it's like, it kind of just sounds like a scapegoat. Like, it just sounds like you're delaying what you already know. And it's like, okay, well, that means to spread the gospel. Like, you know, everyone, those who know me lo- know I love talking. And so it's like, why not talk about <laughs> Jesus more often? You know what I'm saying? There you go. Um, you know, and so, no, yeah, that's that's great. And that's, um, I, yeah, something, something that, you know, I think um, – was all was always something that was um heavy on my mind a lot and um that created like you know that cre- helped create a little bit of a better picture but um this was kind of like the other part the other part i was wanting to ta- uh, talk on but um and this is m- much more i want to say a personal like not personal question but like a question that comes from me um and it was you know that there's a there's a group or uh, i want to say an organization uh called audience of one which i'm sure you've heard about um and, you know, when we're out there, and I want to say, you know, track, track it's a bit easier, I want to say, because there's not a lot of people at our meets. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this as so I was like, maybe more of the football players or the basketball team or whatever, you know, it's hard when everyone, when everyone is around you to really just focus in on what, on what you are trying to accomplish. And so I would say, what's your, what's your kind of best, because I think we all understand what audience of one means. You're, you're playing, you are playing for your creator. You are playing for, um, you're playing for, I don't want to say like his approval, but like you're playing, you're playing for, for him. And, you know, what's your best advice for someone I want to say who kind of struggles with perform, with really honing that in and not, you know, focusing so much on, you know, what his coaches think or what is. Um, the people in the people in the stands thing, or even like you know, like your own teammates. What's your best advice? Oh, I think um, my best advice would be that you really understand. Yeah, you really understand some spiritual principles that you can take into your um, sport. So I think honoring God. I I always am amazed at people who, when they score a touchdown, they give God glory. I've never seen anybody. Sc- 
fumble the ball and give God glory. <laughs> I've never seen that. Or they hit a three-pointer at the end of the game, and they win, and they you know, point to the sky or something, but they miss, uh, miss a shot, and God gets no glory. And it's almost like we only are going to give God glory when things go well for us. And I just think that's selfish. I mean, God should get the glory all the time. Because often the mistakes we make tend to be the greatest blessings in our spiritual life. And we, a lot of times, miss out on that. So I was just thinking of um, this verse in, in James, maybe not necessarily an athletic verse, but it said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Yeah. And I just remember this quote by Michael Jordan, and he talked about all the shots he took at the end and all the shots he missed. You know, and he never let that because he missed this game-winning shot. He said, you just, yeah, I missed a lot of game-winning shots. But he's grown and matured through all of that stuff. And we, you know, we see mistakes as total defeats, but they're not. They're just a part of this process of God maturing us. And again, you got to keep your goal in mind. Do I want to be a mature athlete who can handle defeat and can see good come out of bad, or am I going to be some immature athlete who only is going to be satisfied with victory? Like, that's that just, yeah. and you know, and then I was reading this verse too about like teamwork. Like, how powerful is it for you to minister your teammates and to recognize your teammates? Like, I always want those football guys, when they get in the end zone, to go hug their offensive linemen. Because apart from them, they're not going to get in the end zone. Or the guy that wins a game-winning shot. Or, you know, how many assists do you have instead of how many points do you get? And But it's this verse, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Like, what if we did that? That is something... That is going to, you can use your whole life. I mean, to think of others better than yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each of the interests of others. I mean, I think that really, that really is what brings you satisfaction because if you're looking out for other people, they're going to be looking out for you. That's just the way it works. And so I think we, we can use our sport in so many great ways and know that this is what God's called us to do. Use your sport to minister to other people. Minister to your teammates. Give God glory. First uh, Corinthians ten thirty one. So whatever. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I mean, sit down and pray. God, how can I glorify you in my sport? How can I treat my teammates so that you're glorified? How can I play on the field so the people in the stands see your glory instead of mine? And you know, I think you can be creative. There's a lot of different ways you can do that, but it's really knowing that it's for God's glory that I'm doing this thing and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability because I'm out here to win just like in my um just like in my athletic life so in my spiritual life. Yeah. It's it's a a big part of that is, you know, we look at I think the big reason why we look to people watching and the people like, you know, on our team about, you know, playing well is it is we're we're seeking we're seeking that approval from, you know, the audience yes. we're seeking that and we're seeking that approval, and because that is our, that is our worldly 
you know, quote unquote, yep. God, right? Yeah. You know, they're they're dictating, you know, and like, do I belong? Do I, you know, am I, am I worthy? Essentially, instead instead of our Creator, <laughs> who right. is actually the one who who determines that. And I think that's yeah, who you yeah, are. Yeah, and you know, like, what will you do to please people that would be different that you wouldn't do if you're to please God? You know, and you think of like the drugs that get into it. Why do people do that? Because winning becomes more important than glorifying God. Or or people who want to cheat are tempted to cheat because winning is more important than pleasing God. And so sometimes, so we have to keep our goal in mind. You know, what is the win? And then how are we going to work to glorify God in that? 100%. And one other verse I just have to share because I love this one. It's Romans 8, 18 says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. And, you know, just the value of suffering. We know as athletes that pain produces glory, but not right away. And so if we just know all these truths, can we live them out on the field and give God glory at the same time? I think it's really possible and it's powerful. 100%. you t- tapped into something I just want to talk about, like you said, about how we don't we only give God credit for the things that like happen well, and I th- I think that's that whole idea is like it's a it's a very dangerous game we play, mm-hmm. um, especially with um, you know when you know the amount of hidden influence in sports right now there is of the prosperity gospel and the idea that you know um, you know if you if you build your faith on Okay, like God, like because I feel like sometimes we're subconsciously saying like God, like you better help me win, or else you know my faith is going to be shattered, you know, and that's that's when we get. Or into... we say, unless you help me win, I can't give you glory. Exactly, that's exactly. not true. <laughs> exactly, and you know, because we, uh, a lot of us do feel untouchable at a lot of times, like you know, like, um, like for me personally, it's like you know, I, um, I I've been, you know, I I have not dealt with a lot of injuries in my career, right. And I don't think that's because of, you know, just pure chance, like pure chance and pure luck. I think that's just because, um, well, as, you know, given, given that, um, given that, I don't want to say ability, like just given that, you know, opportunity, those opportunities by God. And I think a big part of that is like, you know, there's there, I know there's athletes struggling out there with injuries and, you know, they, and it's hard. That's, that's when it's like going to become hard because if you, if, you know, if we rely on God, through like to for us to do well in our sport and you just got injured and it's like you know it, it can be as bad as see, like season ending or even career ending mm-hmm. you know it's was that is that relationship with christ built in the right way that it's not maybe going to diminish when you get hurt or diminish when you get it like uh, your career is over but maybe even like increase you know um uh, that's that's you know that's something i think that is you know, not talked about it, like not talked about enough. And it's, that's what I mean when I'm talking about like the dangerous game we're yeah, playing. Right? Absolutely. But yeah. All right. So kind of just some key takeaways today that um, I kind of learned from you, Ken. Number one, athletics is a tool to use at your sport is a tool to increase and grow your, um, your spiritual life. It's not, you know, it, I was kind of thinking of, you know, how does one complement the other? And it's like, well, the main the main goal, you know, the main goal is heaven. The main goal is being saved and living through Christ and having a relationship with Christ. And all athletics will do for you. I don't think the only thing they can do for you really is help you grow in that aspect. 
now, of course, they're fun, and we love doing them. We love mm-hmm. the fellowship. Yep. We love all the aspects. So it's a great it's a great gift God, God has given us, you oh, know, amen. all aspects. You know, I know you're a big Packers fan. I'm a big Vikings fan. That was one of the reasons I considered so sorry. maybe. So maybe. sorry. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it, it grows in your um, – it's, it's there to help you grow in your spiritual life, like I think all other things. I mean, we like to put athletics in, in a separate bubble from like, you know, even going back to Genesis, it's like, you know, God gave man work, you know, to, to find to find joy in, in that work. And I think athletics is just another form of work, depending on who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But yeah, and, you know, we, lay, we, laid, out, we laid out the gospel um, pretty well, which I hope, um, which I hope, I mean, for people listening, it, it was clarified a bit because that's another question like a lot of people have of like um the importance of jesus christ and the importance uh the importance of not of being saved not just not just from saved as in you're saved and getting to heaven you're also saving saving yourself from sin which is sin is death and sin is you know what's what's killing us and um but and then we also yeah and then we also talked about how um you know, I'm saved. I'm saved now. What? So, like, you know, what? Uh, what? What does that mean? Um, and it means being the person that God called us to be, and which, um, which, like I, which, like I said, is you know, which I think we all kind of know, but we're like, you know, very mm-hmm. hesitant on hesitant on really, really applying it. Um, and then the, yeah, and the last one is being is the audience of one is where. Where are you getting your sense of approval in in your athletic career? Um, is it is it from the audience? Is it from other people, or um, is it from your creator? Which is um, what it yep. should be. Um, but yeah. Right. Okay, can I make one more? Yes, last, sir. Of last course. comment. So I just want to end with um, my well, end what I say for sure. With just um, this quote by this guy, and his name was Jim Elliott, and um, he said he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And so, yeah, what all the things that you can achieve through athletics, those you will lose them. I actually used to run, you know, a decent mile. I mean, I ran under, for me, I ran under 420. Okay, well, my... I just ran a 755 mile just the other day, and I was really proud of myself. <laughs> but so, but I can't lose heaven. The body wears away, but those things that are, but your spirit grows stronger as you as you age. So, yeah, you're no fool. 100. percent You're no fool. Yeah. Live for Christ. Live for Christ. Live for Christ. 100. percent all right. Well, I want to thank everyone who uh, took the time to uh, listen to this. This first kind of, let's say, trial, trial, trial run with this whole whole idea of mine. A lot of this is just trial, trial by fire, and uh, seeing seeing how it plays out. Uh, I want to give a, a shout out to the uh, digital media department at the University of Northern Iowa, letting us use uh, one of their podcast studios. Um, next episode, hopefully, I can you know if, uh, still still work on even who I'm going to interview. You know. Uh, um, but, um, yeah, I'm excited, I'm excited for this and I'm excited to see where it goes. And, um, yeah, until then I want to pre- th- give my big thanks to Ken for coming in. Well, thank Friday you Brody morning. for inviting me. Of course. Loved it. Of course. Anytime Ken. And I don't know. I'll see you. I see you around all, all, all week. So 
anyways, that, that's all for us today. Um, and yeah, thank you guys.